Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father, if it allows us, or if it pleases you. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How do you then say, show us the Father? So, the Father is known in the Son. So if we say we are sons of God, then we are saying, then we are saying that in us the Father must be seen. He that has seen the Son has seen the Father. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So, if you asked, if you were a foreigner, let's say you didn't live in Wolfish Bay, and, and you came in to Wolfish Bay to visit it for a holiday, but you don't know Wolfish Bay, you don't know where the places are. So you would ask someone, can you please show me the way to the Protea Hotel? Because I've made a booking at the Protea Hotel, but I don't know how to get there. Can you show me the way? Jesus says, if you want to know the way to the Father, I am the way. I show you the way. Now remember the Greek word for way is hodos. And one of its meanings is a way of thinking. And a way of feeling. It means to practice a, a way of life. So, it does not only mean go through Jesus, it also means that Jesus says, I, the Son of God, the Son to God the Father, am the way of how you should think, feel, and live when you come to the Father. So, because the word way, we must not think of the word way as in the way the world thinks of way. Because it's just like to give direction and say, go down this road, that road, and there you find it. But the Bible meaning of way, the word way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, the way is truth. Truth is the way. And when you have the truth and you live in the truth, in the way, you have life. Okay? For example, when the Bible says, walk, walk in the Spirit, the Scripture also says, Thy word, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path, showing me a way. Path, way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. That means, and a light unto my path. That means my feet must walk in the path that your word has shown me. It is then a way of how to live. So when the Bible talks about, I am the way, He's saying, this is how you should live when you come to the Father. This is how you should think when you come to the Father. Obviously, it also means, except you, except you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will not be able to come to the Father. That's also what it means. But another meaning is, if I'm going to relate to the Father, I build a relationship to the Father. I must know how to stand as a son with Him. You all understand that? I am the way. A way of living. When Jesus was 
going to John the Baptist to get baptized in water by John the Baptist. The Bible says after he was baptized and came up out of the water, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. He's not a dove. He's like just one. Okay? He came down like a dove in the spirit, not in the in natural. There was not a real dove sitting upon Jesus. Okay, no, let me not say real. There was not a physical dove that sat on Jesus' shoulders. And everywhere Jesus walked, you saw this dove. And when the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to him, you heard, kru, 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 kru. Yeah, the bird, the dove goes, kru, kru, and Jesus says, Thus saith the Lord. No, there was no physical dove. It was in the Spirit. It was a picture of how the Holy Spirit functions and what He's going to do. And the Holy Spirit, the dove, has a single eye. That means it knows how to focus on one thing. And Jesus as a son had one focus. Father. Every time he spoke, he spoke about the Father. Okay, not every time. But he was always trying to introduce you to God as Father. He said, my will, my eye is upon the Father's will. My eye is upon the heart of the Father. My eye is upon the Father's business. He had a single eye. You came to do the Father's will. He said, He that sent me, sent me to do this. So He knew what was the Father's will. He had a single eye. But not only that, the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus. Am I talking too fast? I think I'm going slow. Okay. The Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus and then a voice came from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son. Now, this is my beloved Son. And I was chatting a little bit to Armando in the week and while I was sharing something went up open for me Jesus or the father says about Jesus that this is my son but Jesus had never hadn't yet done any miracles didn't yet heal a sick person didn't yet turn water into wine didn't yet raise the dead cast out devils do supernatural things. But yet God says, this is my son. In today's Christianity, we only think we are sons if we do casting out devils, healing the sick. But God says there's a son and yet he has not done any supernatural things. After he was declared as son, he was tempted as a son and then he went and did his first miracle. John chapter 2. First miracle. The turning the water into wine at the wedding in Cana of Galilee or something like that. Say again. Canaan. So he went and the Bible says and this was his first So, he was declared a son without doing miracles. So, in other words, in God's eyes, in God's eyes, not in human eyes, not in our eyes, in God's eyes, what does he think is son? If he can declare that Jesus is his son, yet having not done miracles. Amen. What does son mean? Son means you see my father in me. So if you can see 
my father in me then son Shall I met me son of god Let's read Romans Romans chapter 8 I think verse 29 Romans chapter 8 verse 29 For whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren so conform means i'm being pressed into i'm being shaped into the image of his son so all of us are called to be sons sons of god God is your father. Okay, let's go Galatians chapter 4 just just for the sake of oh, Galatians chapter 4. Yeah, verse I think verse 6 or 7. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 or 7. Yes. Okay, give me 5. Okay, here it says Jesus came to redeem them who's them us that were under the law what law Moses that so in the context of the book of Galatians it's more about the Jews but we know it speaks to us as well that we might receive the adoption of sons the word adoption means to be placed as a son So why did Jesus redeem you? Why did Jesus die for you? That you might become a son. Not Christian, son of God. Next verse. And because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son into your hearts crying Abba Father. So the son and the holy spirit in me that confirms that I am a son of God causes me to cry not Jesus father That means the holy spirit also came to bring me into a relationship with the father Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 I'm just doing a little bit of a summary Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 So this one verse 17 me verse 17 Oh is it 18 Let me just check here Verse 18 I missed it Just by 17 and 19 18 For through him who's him Jesus We both have access by one spirit unto Jesus unto the Father access to the Father That means Jesus died to bring you into relationship with the Father Don't be afraid Don't be afraid to go to the father because that's why he shed his blood so that you could go to the father so that you can stand to the father as a son not as a slave as a son not as an orphan amen so when God said to Jesus, "You are my son." He was saying, "Every other child of God that would come has to be conformed to this pattern, son. This son of mine. Every other child of God 
children of God, born again of the Spirit of God, has to be conformed, pressed into, shaped into through through uh, experiences and some trials and and the the word coming to you so that you can be shaped as a son so your temptations your temptations when jesus was being tempted give me uh, matthew chapter 4 matthew chapter 4 when jesus was being tempted when jesus was being tempted what was being tempted what was he testing because just before Jesus went to the wilderness, a voice spoke from heaven that said, This is my son. Okay, then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Next verse. Verse 2. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. Next verse. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the son of God command these stones into bread he is testing your sonship he is testing can you stand as a son that means the purpose of the devil is to help you to stand as a son that means God is using the devil because this Bible says that the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness it didn't say a devil led him it didn't say jesus went by himself it said the spirit that came upon jesus led him into the wilderness to be tempted so god and god has an enemy and the purpose of the devil is to help you stand as a son your sonship is being tested. That's how I was saying to someone. Someone texted me and they said, I really want to stand as a son. You know, and, and have a solid mind. And they said, but I'm battling a bit. And I said, the battling is part of the process. It's that battling that helps you to Stand 100% as a son. Through that wilderness experience. And how are you going to live as a son? Jesus said, Man, how do you live? How do you survive the testings, the trials? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means... When the word comes, then grace comes. Because grace is in the word. And grace helps me to stand as a son. So I need to use the word and the grace in the word to help me to stand as a son. Just for example, like, you know, two or three Sundays ago, I gave you my testimonies of how the father is providing and coming through and not missing and is faithful and and said that i was using the word that he shared with me when that word came grace came the book of acts talks about that you be edified by the word of grace the word of grace in other words, when that word comes, when that revelation comes, God deposits into you grace. Grace to love the word. Grace then helps you to love the word. Let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Uh, we're talking about how to become a son. John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. Okay, verse 14 
obviously the next verse says and you know and in him was life and and the life is the light of men so in this word is life and the word that was in the beginning was made flesh that means jesus christ descended into the earth amen he descended into the earth and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth that means the word is full of grace so the word that's made flesh that means the word that i love the word that you can see in me lived out lived out is to behold the glory of the only begotten of the father and i stand as a son i build sonship into me i get the word i get the grace i believe the word remember because how much you access grace by faith so i get the word i hear a word i believe the word i access the grace in the word and and as i access it i use that grace to stand as a son and to love the word and when i love the word i'm standing in grace i stand in grace so and then i am and then others see the glory of the father that in between and we beheld his glory so the word that was made flesh that was full of grace and truth we saw his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father what is in jesus grace and truth word made flesh but what do you see glory they didn't say they saw grace they said they saw glory we beheld his glory we see his glory but inside of him is grace so it's important the word that you hear and the word that you receive that you believe the word that's why you must go and check the word that's why you must go over the word because you may have the word but unless you believe that word you don't access that grace that comes in the word properly because the word brings grace the word of god brought us grace in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god and that word was made flesh and it was full of grace and truth how did we get the grace god sent us the word god sent us the word amen go with me to can you all understand it so so in other words this is how i come to stand as a son as i built sonship into me that's one of the ways then let's go to exodus chapter 34 Exodus chapter 34 Exodus chapter 34 Now in chapter 33 in chapter 33 uh, Don't go to chapter 33 I'm just going to say in chapter 33 this is the famous chapter where Moses says show me your glory show me your glory if i have found grace have you found grace yet have you got the revelation of grace yet have you found grace mo is moses says if i have found grace in your sight have you found it grace or are you ignorant of grace 
Have you gotten the revelation of grace? Because Moses is in the law, but he finds grace in God's sight. This, the Bible says the same thing about David, but you have found grace in my sight. That, the guy found grace. Why do you think, why do you think he was allowed to eat the showbread? He wasn't a priest. He came from the tribe of Judah. Not from the tribe of Levi. But he eats manna. He eats the bread there on the table, the show, table of showbread in the tabernacle. He eats that bread. And according to the law, nobody else is allowed to eat that bread except if you come from the tribe of Levi. All the other kings who did it got leprosy, got sick, something, judgment came upon him. But when David ate that bread, nothing happened to him because he found grace. Because in grace, we're all allowed to eat the bread. In grace, we're all allowed to eat the bread. So, in, in Exodus chapter 34, let's read it from verse 1. Chapter 34, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, You two tables of stone, tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which you broke. Two tables. Okay, two tables. Two tables is the mind and the heart. First, Second Corinthians chapter 3 says, in, in past they wrote it on stone tablets, but God is now by the Spirit writing upon the tables of our hearts. So God is now, don't want to write, He doesn't want to write His Word in a book for you. He wants to write it on your heart and on your mind. Because in the book of Ezekiel or something like that, he says, a new covenant I make with you. I will give you a new heart. I will take out the heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll give you a new spirit. I'll pour my spirit into you. And I will write my laws upon your hearts and your minds. Two stone tablets in the New Testament. So when you want to go and spend time with God, Please bring your heart, your heart and your mind because God wants to write His laws upon them. Don't leave your heart and your mind. Take it with because He wants to by the Spirit write it on your mind and on your heart. Amen. Let's go on. Verse 2, and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with you, neither let any man be seen throughout the mount, neither let the flocks nor the herds feed before the mount. Uh, let's go down to verse 5. And the Lord descended. So Moses goes up the mountain. And he's up on the mountain and what's he going to do? He's now, he asked God, show me your glory. Now God is going to show him his glory. So, verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The word proclaim means to preach. It means to announce. It means to declare, to say, to speak, proclaim. That means God preached to Moses. So how are you going to see glory? You need God to preach to you. You need Him to open the word, break the word concerning who He is. And it's more specifically who he is. So this is where I say, if you want to say, Lord, show me your glory, 
take your Bible, go spend some private time with Him, and say, Lord, my heart and my mind is here. Show me your glory. Open up the scriptures about you. Preach to me who you are. Tell me who you are. Because I want to see. Now, in the natural, what are you going to see? What can you see in the natural if you want to see it with these eyes? That's why, you always, that's why we're always missing it. Because you want to look with natural eyes. But Moses didn't look with natural eyes. How did he see? God is spirit. God came down on the mountain. God is spirit. How can he see spirit? How can he worship God in spirit and in truth? He can't see him naturally. The only way he has to see God is with the eyes of his understanding. God has to enlighten the eyes. Remove the darkness. Take off the veil and show himself who he is. That means God, God now when he comes down and he wants to spend with you, okay, and, he, and you want to spend time with him, he has to unveil himself. He must no longer, when he speaks to you about himself, he no longer is a mystery to you. In that area where he speaks to you. We're talking about being son. He then is, God must unveil, take off the veil, take off your veils. The Bible says that when Moses went to go and speak with the Lord, the Bible says he took off the veil. Because when you speak with God, the veil must be taken off. That means everything that blinds you from knowing him must be removed. afraid why are you afraid because you haven't seen why are you afraid of the father it's because you haven't seen you see so we say show me your glory and then we're looking for people to fall and things happening and why the glory is here but if God wants to show you his glory personally he wants to tell you about himself. He wants to tell you who he is. So when Moses said, show me your glory, he was saying, I want to know who you are. I want to know who you are. So the Lord descended in the cloud, stood with him there and preached to him. The name of the Lord. Next verse. Now the name of the Lord. God always. Because his glory. Because there's the riches of his glory. There's the wealth of his glory. There's different expressions of his glory. There's different ways his glory is revealed. So he has to summarize the expression. Or the way he manifests himself in a name. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. It's not he heals. It's not that he is healing. It's that he himself is the healer. He's healer. He's healing. Sickness can't survive in healing because it just gets healed. You see, it's, he summarizes his glory in a name. So that in the name, you can decode his glory, who he is. Jehovah, the self-existent eternal God. Jehovah, Rapha, healer. The self-existent eternal healer. I exist as healing. I exist as life. I am life. I am not just something that I have. I am life. Do you understand? So now he goes on. Now he says, now he shows him his glory. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful. He's preaching who he is. This God is now showing him his glory. 
glory is that He's merciful. He's gracious. He's long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? He is merciful, gracious, long-suffering man. I can run lank with your eight Jay flop fail but the father pities his children because he knows we are frail and but men long suffering abundant in goodness and truth why are you afraid seeing his glory and you know further on down the Bible says that when Moses came down the mountain his face was shining he transformed he changed so how do you change you change by seeing God if you can get the revelation that God is father you can change into a son you can turn into a son you can start living as a son. You are a son, but you don't live like a son. You live like an orphan. You live like someone who's a slave. You know your children behave like sons when they just simply go to the fridge and take what they want. But an orphan, if you've adopted a child, and let's say he's about 12 years old, yeah, he's... he's he doesn't know if he must go to the fridge and just take or where must he sit or which room is mine or he doesn't know where he belongs you have to coach him now into being a son of the house just and Moses comes down the mountain and he transforms so we want to reveal God. God is gracious. Our Father is gracious. Our Father is merciful. Our Father is long-suffering. Our Father is abundant in goodness and truth. If you can reveal that, Son, Son of God, long-suffering with people, Abundant in goodness towards people. Merciful with people. Gracious with people. God standing in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I can stand in that sun. So, and, and to summarize, a son, Jesus is the way to the Father. So in other words, how does a son live to the Father? A son says, I do the will of my Father. So in other words, you may be declared when you gave your life to Christ, we know you are sons of God, but you don't live like one. Are you living for His will? The Father's will. Are you living for the Father's voice? Is the Father's voice important to you? Are you about the Father's business? Jesus said, I am here. I must be about my Father's business. This is a son. A son doesn't ask for his needs. An orphan does. Most Christians asking for their needs. But Jesus said when you pray, say our Father who art in heaven. So first thing a, a son prays, our, us, we, not me, myself and I. Us, we, give, forgive us 
our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Give us our daily bread. Our Father, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from all evil. Us. A son thinks of us, not me. An orphan thinks for himself because he's got no one to take care of him. And if we don't know God as Father, then we may be sons, but we act like orphans. We act like orphans. So let's, let's finish here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Okay, second line. Thank you, Anaskar. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. This is the chapter where Jesus talks, or not Jesus, Paul. Paul talks about Moses who went up to the mountain. And he saw his glory and it was the ministry of condemnation, the ministry not of righteousness and so on. And here is a key. In, in, in the day when Moses was alive, only Moses went to see the glory. In the New Testament, but we all, we all, not Moses, not the special pastor, not the, the high apostle, not all, all must see his glory. That means God himself wants to preach to all of you who he is. He wants to tell you personally who he is. But we all with open face. That means unveiled. What did Moses do when he went up the mountain? He, his face was open. There was no veil on his face. Back then it was Moses with open face saw his glory. But now we all with open face. Open face means I'm not spiritually blind. Because you're not looking to look at him naturally. It's not natural eyes. It is the eyes of understanding, understanding God, knowing God, who God is. So it's this, this thing between my two ears that must get a revelation, that must get an understanding of who God is. And it says there, but we all, so don't say the pastor is special. Don't say the preacher is special. The evangelist is special. Don't say such things. It's you. It's you that God wants to show his glory to. Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. The word glass means a mirror reflecting. A change transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We read earlier on Romans chapter 8 verse 29. We all are predestined to be conformed to his image. How? What is one of the ways that I am turning into the image of God? Being conformed is by Beholding him. Show me who you are. You see, so you have to define what glory is. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I want to know who you are. In grace, we all are beholding. A change into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That means the Holy Spirit is writing it upon my hearts and my, my hearts. 
and my mind who he is. So that it gets imprinted into me who he is. So that I love who he is. Do you understand? Son. Son. Predestinated to be conformed to the image. How do I? The word change is transform. Transform is a caterpillar that changes into a butterfly. Change. How? By seeing with your understanding. So what must you do? Go home. Say, Lord, tell me who you are. Tell me who you are as a father. Let me see it. Let me get the revelation of you as father. Because if I see you as father, I'll, I'll, be, I'll change into the same thing and I'll live like that. If I see you as merciful, I will develop the mercifulness in me. And then I will be merciful to others. And then that is the seeing of the Father in the Son. Then, then you have seen the Father in the Son because Jesus was declared as a Son before He did miracles. So if you're waiting for miracles to be declared as a Son, you need to know what it is to be. So, so God, the Father, when He said Jesus is my Son, He was looking at something else. We read in, we didn't read, I quoted Psalm 103. As the Father pities His children, so the Lord pities them whom He loves or His people. That means in the Father is compassion. When Jesus saw the, lep the man who was leprosy, he revealed the Father. The Bible says he had compassion. He had compassion. And it touched him. Right there, we saw the Father. Right there, you saw the Father. Do you see that? So we're talking about how to come into that place as standing as son. Because you come to know God as father and you know how, how God wants to reveal himself. Because I'm pretty sure when all of us have said, show us your glory, you were waiting maybe for the encounter. This supernatural encounter this verse tells us that God wants to show you maybe daily who he is why are you waiting for the encounter if he opens the scriptures to you about who he is and you really get a revelation of him you will begin to sense the presence of him and then while you're in his presence, you are in his presence with unveiled face. That means he took the veil. He, he's not a mystery. At that moment, when he showed you that he is merciful, and you caught it, you say he's merciful, and it hit you. You got a revelation from the revelation. You still need to get a revelation of my revelation I'm giving to you. Yeah. I know I will know you got a revelation of what I am saying to you, of my revelation if while I'm speaking you start to enter into the presence of the Lord. Then I know you're catching a revelation of what I'm saying. So if that has not happened yet, you did not catch the revelation, even though I said a lot of stuff. You still need to go home and say, Lord, give me the revelation of his revelation. 
you go home and you get the revelation of the revelation that was shared with you, then you feel the ushering into his presence. Then you are not blind concerning who he is. Then your understanding about who he is is opened. Then you see with the eyes of your understanding and you behold his glory while your eyes are closed physically. And you look with the eyes of understanding and you see. And as you see, he's massive. You feel the presence coming as you got the revelation. And then while you are in that presence, as you are looking, fixing, gazing, something in you is being formed, shaped into the same image of what you are seeing. Because as we behold, we are changed. So I'm looking, merciful. Oh, I, that mercifulness of God starts, I imprint it into my inner being. I then start to get shaped. And then, and then what should happen to you is every time you go and pray, you pray and you close your eyes and you say, God, you are merciful. And you see it again. And then you're again in his presence. It gets further imprinted into you. It gets further shaped into you. And you see it. And usually that's what usually happens. When you get the it, 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 it stretches for a while. Because God wants to imprint it. God wants to conform you to the image. God wants you to change into the same thing that you are seeing. You're seeing mercy. He wants to change you into someone who's merciful. So as you see, you change. And you're beholding. And you see. And the presence on you say. And you don't say, God, oh, be merciful to me. You say, oh, he's merciful. You don't say, God, I love you. You say, you love me. Your prayer changes. Now it's not about how much you love him. Now it's not about, oh, God, be merciful to me. You have seen his merciful. Now you're not afraid. Why are you afraid? I don't know. Keep coming back then. Why are you afraid? <laughs> because if you have caught that he's merciful, you wouldn't be afraid. You would have ran to him. That's why David said, No, Lord, I don't want you to fall in the hand of an angel, nor in the hand of man. Because the angel will just follow your instruction and take me out. But man won't have mercy. You'll slay me. But you, Somewhere in your heart, I've seen that you are merciful. You forgive. I'd rather fall in your hands than in the hands of men. I'd rather fall in your hands. Come under your discipline. Because I know there's a place in your heart where you'll repent. Even God repents. Say, I will no longer be angry. I'll have mercy. And as I see, I see, I change. I see, I change. I feel his presence. And my eyes is closed. Now, in his presence, I'm beholding his glory. With my understanding. And I see his glory. And I'm looking with an open face. And I transform and change into the very thing that I see. And now, Son of God. Son of God comes and He starts being merciful to people. Say, hey, he that has seen that has seen the Father. He that has seen, hey, where have you seen such mercy? Father. Father. Father, now, what happens to most of us is because we, we, we say that seeing glory is feeling presence. So now the problem is you feel the presence. You cry. You feel him all over you. You feel that thick blanket of warm, tangible you feel that presence of God. You know He's all over you. You cannot but cry and weep and get down and say, oh God, I love you. 
But you know what? In that presence, you're blind. Because you still need to see His glory. And that's why people don't change from just being in His presence. Because you're in His presence with a veil. You're blind. You don't know who He is. You don't know who God is. You're blind. You're in His presence. I know you're having a wonderful experience. I know it's awesome to be in His presence. I know it feels lacquer. I know it's beautiful. You feel it. Your heart rocks on my lich as you clear as metal. Just that presence. Your heart feels light. You feel light. You, you feel smile alive. Yeah, it's awesome to be in His presence. But let me tell you something. You need to be in His presence with unveiled face. Unless you are seeing, you are not changing. First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, Behold what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He appears, we will be like Him. So in other words, that's not waiting until He returns. That means while you are spending time with God and there's an appearing, a revelation, because if you trace the word appearing, phaneru, that Greek word, if you trace it back, it all is, comes back to the word. If you trace it from where it comes and where that one comes, it comes, how do you get appearing? By the word. How did God appear to Moses? By the word he spoke to him. So, while you are spending time with God and, and Christ appears to you, that means you now see. It says, we know we will be like Him. That is to behold His, His glory in His presence. Please. When you're in His presence, it makes you hungry for Him. When you're in His presence, it makes you alive. It fans your flame. You, it makes you passionate. It makes you zealous. But it doesn't transform you. That's why people can fall and get up the same. That's why people can cry and leave the same. They know they felt God in the place, but they don't. They leave here the same. Because you change by being in His presence because of the revelation that He has given to you about who He is. Ushers you into His presence. You close your eyes, you see Him, and you change. And then you become Son of God. God is my Father. I am His Son. Amen. Amen. Please. Can I and say, Lord, show me your glory. Take your Bible and say, speak to me about who you are. That I may be the same as you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just ask that that which I have shared with your children, I pray that they would get a revelation of the revelation that I have shared. To some of them I have already said it. But Lord, they still need to catch the revelation of what I have said. And I pray, Father that our veils would be taken off. I pray that there would be no veil, no blindness. I pray like Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, that God may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Lord, that they may see. Father, I thank you that as I pray today, Holy Spirit, don't leave them. Speak and take off the veils, Holy Spirit. Take it off so that they may change by you. In Jesus' name. Amen. There are special encounters.
Make no mistake, there are special encounters with God. But you can have one regularly, every day. Amen.